Welcome to the Thorax Podcast. I'm Kate Dearmady, Thorax Social Media Editor and Podcast Host. Today I'm talking to Geeta Misha, Professor of Life Course Epidemiology in the School of Public Health at the University of Queensland, Australia. Geeta's research focuses on the relationship between women's reproductive histories and non-communicable diseases, and she is the author of the second edition of a life course approach to women's health. She and her team have recently published a paper in Thorax looking at the association between female reproductive histories and COPD. Hi Geeta, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Hi Kate, thank you for the opportunity. So I just want to start off by talking about, about your paper. What did, what, what did you do for this paper and what, and what did you find? What do you think your most important findings were? Well, what we set out to do is we wanted to know if female reproductive history, so by that we mean looking at her age at monarchy, the number of children she's had, uh, age at menopause, the experience of pregnancy loss, and by that we mean, um, you know, miscarriages and infertility, but also uh, stillbirth. So we wanted to know whether all these reproductive events was uh, were associated with the risk of uh, development of uh, chronic obstetric pulmonary disease in later life. So that was the um, aim of, of the paper. Why, why did you want to look at that? What, what made you think that there would be some relationship between? The reason for that is um, what we found, first of all, is trying to think why is the prevalence of uh, COPD a lot higher in female than men? Um, so, you know, you're looking at uh, 4.2% versus 3.7%. That was one reason um, if you know, just trying to understand why there was difference in prevalence. The other thing also which was really intriguing is the role of smoking. So what we found is that for the same amount of tobacco exposure, women are more likely to demonstrate severe airflow limitations uh, at an earlier age compared with men. The other thing also which was interesting is that if you look at non-smokers with COPD, they're more likely to be women than men. So why are we seeing this discrepancy? And that's what really started making us think that perhaps it's got something to do with the exposure of the female sex hormones. Mm -hmm. Before I read your paper, I hadn't realised actually that COPD is more common in, in women. And I think it's it's definitely it's been historically true that men have always smoked more than women. I don't know if that's still the case. Yeah. So it, it is like um, it is interesting thinking about the role of cigarette smoke. And if we think about the biology, we do know that estrogen is involved with cigarette smoke metabolism. So perhaps that's where the detrimental effect comes and, and, you know, increases the risk of women um, having COPD. But we also know, if you think about the, from the sex hormone perspective, we do know that estrogen and progesterone, they're both involved in the formation and also in the maintenance of the full complement of alveoli. And that's the small air sac where the exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide takes place. So we do know that the sex hormones are involved in that process. The other thing also, trying to really understand you know, what could be 
contributing to this disparity between uh, male and female is thinking perhaps for women, uh, we're also more likely to be exposed to cooking fuels. So in you know developing countries or whatever, if you're cooking using uh, open fire, that could also may contribute to the development of um, COPD. Uh, asthma is also a known risk factor. So if you have asthma, you're more likely to develop um, COPD. And we do know that female tend to have higher prevalence of asthma. So there are mm-hmm. uh, quite a few avenues to really for us to start thinking, you know, whether all these things related to female uh, reproductive hormones could be, could contribute to the development Mm -hmm. of the condition. So um, as you were saying then, so in your paper, you were looking at female reproductive histories. What, can you just describe the links that you found between aspects of, of women's reproductive histories and COPD? So what we found is that Women who've had, so we looked at age at menarche and we found that women who had earlier age of menarche, that's below the age of 11, or if they've had their menarche at a much later age, which is 16 or more years, uh, then she had an increased risk of COPD. We also found that women who have um, children, three or more children, also were at increased risk. So that and the relationship you see there, there's a strong dose response relationship. In other words, the more children she had, the higher was her risk. The other thing that was uh, for us, um, really the first time we're looking at this is women with history of infertility. Uh, Women who've had miscarriages and here we're more or less looking at recurrent miscarriages. That is two or more miscarriages because Miscarriage is quite common. So this is really those who have, you know, two or more miscarriages, those who've had experienced um, stillbirth. These are, uh, they are at much, much higher risk of developing um, COPD at later life. The other thing, um, also we then we looked at um, age of menopause. And what we found is that women who've had earlier menopause, that means before the age of 44, 45, Uh, they were, again, at increased risk of um, COPD. And this time we actually found that women who had menopause before the age of 40 or even before the age of 44, her risk of developing COPD is about 1.6 times. So it's a lot higher Mm -hmm. than women who've experienced menopause at the natural age, which is around 51, 52 years. So, you know, these are quite compelling findings because what we have done is we've used data from the Interlace Consortia. So Interlace actually is, uh, it stands for the International Collaboration for a Life Course Approach to Reproductive Health and Chronic Disease uh, Risk. It's uh, the study started in 2012 and it was funded by the Australian National Health and Medical Research Council. So to date... We have uh, 27 observational studies and over 850,000 women um, form part of the Interlace uh, Consortium or provided data and from 12 different countries. So we have large enough numbers and powers to actually be able to tease out this association and provide a robust evidence. I think what was really compelling is that working in, in, in data from consortia like that, if you see the same sort of relationship 
um, you know, amongst the Australians and you see the same amongst the U British citizens, you see the same with the US, then you have confidence that something biological is happening, mm -hmm. you know. So, I thought, so that that is the, the power and we were able to do that because we had the number, uh, the power of the mm -hmm. study to be able to detect this, this difference. Yeah, it's definitely very impressive to um, to be able to look at that that number of people in in one study. So the the reason for looking into this is more to understand the underlying pathophysiology, possibly of COPD, because most of these factors are actually non modifiable. So women don't have a control over them. So it might increase your risk but there's nothing you can yeah. do about it so yeah no you're you're absolutely right but also i want to alert to one thing right we because the the data is observational data and what we're seeing is a strong relationship and we we are putting forward hypotheses related to sex hormones and right we think okay this could be the pathway perhaps mm -hmm. but i also want to alert to the fact that who knows, this reproductive history may just be a marker of the risk of getting COPD. It's not causation, mm -hmm. right? So when I can't, from the data and from our study, I cannot say conclusively that miscarriages causes COPD. But what we can say is that it seems to be a marker. So it tells us that if we are, you know, if we experience multiple miscarriages, chances are quite high that we are at an increased risk of developing COPD. And I think that's important to note. So how is that helpful? What I like, I always tell people is, look, COPD that we looked at happened a lot later in life, right? Uh, miscarriages, experience stillbirth, monarchy and so forth happens to us when we were much younger. Right? So we might want to, we have plenty of time, hopefully, to be able to do something about it, whether it's being monitored carefully, talking to your deep, uh, GP. So I do think that it is important to have a good collect, for, you know, for clinicians to be able to collect uh, female reproductive history, just, you know, because it does, it can tell us something about her health mm -hmm. down the track. And I think that's, how I would like to see this thing being used. And also we need more studies, we need more biological studies to really understand the mechanisms, you know. Um, how does uh, having, you know, exposed to lower levels of estrogen, for instance, really gets under the skin to make us have, you know, develop COPD. So that kind of study, we, we need a little bit more of those study because that might help in the development of treatment. So, yeah, so I think there's a plenty of um, good things to take away from this study in the sense that, you know, from the life cost perspective, this is, it happens to us a lot earlier and it gives us a good clue. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's more, and ho hopefully will empower women to do something about it because it is, it happens later on. So it gives them an understanding of their risk earlier on in life possibly so if they are smoking they could think yeah i think the smoking smoking one is very clear you know yeah. personally i think do not smoke full stop and if you're a female <laughs> definitely not because it's a lot more detrimental because of what estrogen is doing it's interacting it uh, it affects the cigarette smoke metabolism so if that happens then you know it 
uh, the enzymes becomes unbalanced. So really, I think what that that would be one take home message mm-hmm. I would say for females: do not smoke. Um, and perhaps that message is already out there, but you know, with the reproductive history and collecting that information was really important. W- one of the things that this study uh, can do because of the large number um, of data on large number of women is because we are able to adjust for confounding factors. So we actually were able to uh, stratify the analysis by whether they've had asthma or not. Mm -hmm. And do we see the same pattern in women with asthma or, you know, without Mm -hmm. asthma with these reproductive characteristics? And it's still there. Uh, We uh, included cigarette smoking pack use and you know, previously some studies have just not included um, cigarette smoking. So we, you know, we were able to do that. So there are a few things that we have included in the study that you know really provide gives us the confidence in in the results. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that actually because obviously smoking is known to be a risk factor for miscarriage, stillbirth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is that within your data? Do, how, do you know that? That there isn't a link between COPD yes. and yeah, yeah, and that's what you needed to do. Like you know, that's what we've done. We have adjusted for it, so that it was treated as a confounding variables mm-hmm. because you're, you know, rightly pointed out that it's associated with both COPD and also associated with the exposure that we are interested in the female reproductive history. So we do need to take that into account, which we have done. Mm-hmm. We've also taken into account race and ethnicity, you know, because they're different race have got different profiles in terms of development of COPD, we took into account uh, body mass index and also education mm-hmm. levels. So, you know, where possible, we've tried to adjust for all the key confounders and making sure that um, the results still robust. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, when you were saying earlier about um, I think people know about not to smoke. I think it's, I think that's true, but I don't think people really appreciate the link between female sex hormones, estrogen and smoking. I didn't know. And I'm a girl <laughs> and a doctor. So it, I don't think that is common knowledge um, at all. Yeah. And I was just wondering, um, for instance, again, if you're on I'm just thinking about the role of smoking. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to say more about this, Kate, that if the person is on oral contraceptive pills, you know, and if she's a smoker, she's at an increased risk of thrombosis. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it does point to the interaction between cigarette smoke and some of these hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've been talking about the influence of estrogen specifically on on the development of COPD. Um, And then there was something in your discussion about how this um, effect is not constant throughout a woman's life. So at uh, different points of your life, estrogen is is either beneficial or negative in terms of lung health. Are you able to expand on that at all? I think the clear thing um, that we can think about is um, at the different stages. So, for instance, uh, we do know that estrogen is associated with lung maturis, uh, maturing lungs, as in the childhood. Uh, and so, when when the women 
uh, experience age of Manaki, it kind of it kind of stops the development of lungs growth. You know, so it, it's a, it has a different um, effect. Um, so stopping the lung growth, but we know that with menopause, uh, earlier menopause, you're less you, the estrogen lifespan is shorter. Mm-hmm. So you know, so that has a different effect. So earlier menopause, you're more at risk of uh, COPD, right? So mm-hmm. it it acts differently in de- depending on what what is happening and what you're experiencing. We, if you think about the total estrogen exposure, usually pe- what how people have calculated that is to take age of menopause minus age of manaki. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's your duration of estrogen exposure. And then, if you have pregnancy in between, you, re- you remove more from it. You take, you know, a few months away from that. Uh, if you're on oral contraceptive, you add. If you're on HRT, you subtract. So, you know, it's quite complicated. Mm-hmm. The total, you know, exposure to estrogen, depending on what stages, what, where, what you're looking at. And so, th- it was just to. I guess in the discussion to bring up that these things are not straightforward mm-hmm. at different stages, estrogen plays a different role. And I think that's what we were trying to uh, get at. For instance, you know, if for women who have later menopause, for instance, you know, there more estrogen is protective because later menopause was associated with lower risk mm-hmm. of COPD. So that that was the idea behind that. So it is slightly counterintuitive because uh, estrogen mm-hmm. exposure younger is not, not good. Eastern exposure later in life. Yeah, better. exactly. So it's a bit opposite to yeah, what you might exactly, expect. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Because it's younger you are stopping the growth of the lungs you know, growth and then uh, and then that's not great, you know, but if you have longer exposure in adult life, that's more protective. Yeah, it, it's a bit, um, that's why it depends on which mm-hmm. stages and, and a lot more work needs to uh, be thought through carefully. So was there anything that you found most interesting or most surprising in your data? Um, yes, kid. I actually was quite surprised when I started looking at the prevalence of miscarriages among uh, prevalence of COPD among women with different numbers of miscarriages. Okay, so for instance, women who've not had miscarriage uh, experience any miscarriages, three point nine percent of them say, had developed COPD. Okay, so we're looking at three point nine percent. But women who've experienced three or more miscarriages, 6.5% of them have developed COPD. So you can see that that number is almost twice. Mm -hmm. The other um, reproductive events is stillbirth. So again, women who haven't experienced any stillbirth, you can think that around 4% of them develop COPD. Women who've had two or more stillbirth, that number is 8.8%, wow. so almost 9%. That is quite a big difference, mm-hmm. you know. And then the last one is I uh, like to just, again, looking at women with uh, who've experienced menopause before the age of 40. In them, around 8% of them developed COPD compared with women who had at the average age of 50, 51. That for them, it was only 3.4%. Mm-hmm. 
So I think just looking at those numbers and it's almost twice in some cases, I was surprised by those numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very strong association, isn't it? And it, it would be very interesting to find out what the driving thing is behind that and whether it is at all modifiable for, for women. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, I've just quoted the extremes, but there's a dose response number. So, you know, for instance, you know, no miscarriages, you know, about 3.9. And then those with one miscarriage, it goes up to, you know, 4.1. Those with two miscarriages, 5.2. With those with three miscarriages, it's 6.5. Mm-hmm. So the numbers goes up like dose response relationship. And that is something that, you know, may provide clues mm-hmm. to, you know, the maybe the estrogen exposure story or, you know, it does mm-hmm. tell us that something biological is happening. You yeah. Know? What work are you planning next? What, what will you do next, do you think? Uh, look, I think, you know, the work of our group uh, really is that where whatever we do, we want to try and take a life course approach um, to women's health. We want to understand uh, female-specific chronic conditions, you know, what are the etiology, what are the risk factors, um, when it happens, you know. So thinking about the timing and targeting of interventions when, you, when you're looking at chronic diseases that are specific to women. The other thing that we also look at is that um, conditions that are more prevalent in men, uh, in women compared mm-hmm. to men, so like COPD is an, an example, and why is there uh, a sex disparity? Can we explain it? So that's the sort of things um, that we're doing in in detail. And obviously, one of the things I'll be looking at um, is to see what's the role you know, of endometriosis and you know female specific mm. conditions and how that affects uh, again you know some of these chronic conditions. So that's where we're really trying to put a lot of our effort in because we've we have such um good data resource and excellent collaborators international collaborators so i think we can you know really looking forward to doing something special in that area and that that will be with interlace as well the using the same yeah with interlace and uh, quite excited because um we've just had um agreement from uh, Mexican so we will include data from the Mexican teachers cohort uh, and also now we are going to get data from um, middle and low income countries mm-hmm. so uh, and that is important because again you know um, that's the same thing happens in in their setting trying to understand that is super important you know, because some of the really basic statistics we still we don't have. You know, so if you ask me what is the rate of COPD, say in India or in China, it's very difficult to get those um. statistics. You know, so sometimes some of the very very basic uh, stats is not there, and um, so with more of these sorts of countries joining interlace, hoping to mm-hmm. really get the basic information out there. Awesome. Um, well, thank you very much for speaking to us. I found it very interesting. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Thorax podcast. We publish monthly podcasts about some of the best content of the journal. If you don't want to miss an episode, please subscribe. I'd also love to hear from you, so please get in touch through our social media channels. Thank you and see you next month.